Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. It is wonderful to see you guys. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Before I go any further, I'm going to make an announcement you've probably already heard before. Maybe some of you are getting tired of hearing this announcement, but we don't want you to miss out. Next weekend, you get a whole other hour of sleep. Next weekend, we're moving our services back one hour, 9.30 and 11, from 8.30 and 10. 9.30 and 11. So let's say it together. Our new service times are going to be 9.30 and 11. Oh, that gives joy to my heart to hear you guys say that. I know you at least said it out loud one time. So hopefully you won't forget that. You can put it in your phone, whatever reminds you next weekend. We don't want you to miss out on the service next weekend. But we have been in a series for a couple of weeks now entitled A Bright Future Together. The operative word here is together. We've been talking about the power and importance of the body of Christ, of connecting being a part of this, this family together, that when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you, be, you get born again into the family of God. You are born into a community, into a family, and we're to function within that family. So it's so great to see you guys coming back, and those of you joining us l- online, I just want to throw this caveat out that I've talked about every week, that if you are in the highest risk category, medically speaking, uh, in our world today, our online service is primarily for people in your category. So we want you to continue to watch online, or if you are a caregiver of somebody who is in that highest risk category and you feel like you need to continue to watch online, please, by all means, continue to do that. That's why we provide the service. But for those of you who say, I'm not really in that category, but it's gotten really comfortable just to stay away, I'm so glad to see some of you, so many of you coming back, and we hope that that will continue to happen. And we really want you to plug in and to be, be a part and be a part of what God is doing here at Brazos Fellowship because it is when we work together that God blesses and changes lives individually and corporately and across this community. I wanna share with you a testimony that was given just this last week or so of a mama whose son is a part of our youth ministry over here in the Annex. And uh, she shared this, and this is a huge statement from any parent of a teenager, if you've ever had teenagers. She says, my son now loves to go to church. Okay, I'm a pastor, and that's a big deal at my house too. There were Sundays where we had to talk them into, hey, you know, daddy's a pastor, but besides that, you need to go to church, all right? It's hard to do that. Sometimes I get, I feel you, okay? She says, y'all have done such a great job of creating safe environment where he wants to be. And not only that, this is pretty amazing, but a place where he constantly is inviting, wanting to invite his friends to. Now that, that's another miracle right there. A teenager inviting friends to church, that's huge. All right, the impact his small group leader, Michael, has had on him and his faith is indescribable. 
thank you doesn't even begin to show our gratitude. And I was told she shared these words through tears streaming down her face. And I want you to know this is why we do what we do around here. It's amazing people coming together and serving together and making such a difference. And this didn't just start yesterday. This has been happening for the last 16 years here at Brazos Fellowship. From the time we started in our living room as a small group Bible study and it grew and we moved to the uh, middle school on Rock Prairie Road, uh, College Station Middle School, grew from there and then moved here and you saw some of these crazy pictures with my hair. I have to apologize for the hair, man. I wish I still had all that hair. Anyway, um, but we've had a lot of reiterations over the last 16 years and there have been hundreds and hundreds of you who have joined us in our mission and our vision around here and God has used you to change the life of children and students, high school, junior high, college students and, and adults all across the Brazos Valley. It's been a phenomenal ride to see that happen and I want to tell you my wife Leslie and I stand with this mother and so many others of you who would say I would say the same thing. We would have to say the same thing. Our three girls have been raised up through this ministry through the children's ministry, and now even our youngest is in the, in the high school ministry over in the annex, and we have had leader after leader, volunteer after volunteer have poured into the life of my kids. I'm telling you, even as a pastor, you need other people reiterating to your kid your faith. You're, the thing that you value, the things that's important to you, they need to hear it from their little ears, from the mouths of other people. And this is so powerful when other people do that for us. It's incredible. And you, again, you need to know this was not something that just happened by accident. Lots of prayer, lots of preparation, lots of hard work over a long period of time to create these kinds of environments. And I would, I would say that all of these environments that we have here at Brazos Fellowship, God uses every week to change lives. And many of you, I've had some conversations with you, have told me, I wish I had grown up in a church like this, that had children's ministry like this, had youth ministry like this, had college ministry like this, because I honestly believe there's some chapters of my life that I'm not real proud of, I probably could have skipped. I, I probably could have made much better choices of my life, but I didn't have that option. This is why we do what we do. Early on in the life of this church, we have decided that we were going to, among other things, create three things that would help people to engage with God. And here's the first one, to create irresistible environments. Try to make the best we could. Really put resources to say, let's make it great, guys. Let's make it beautiful. Let's make like kids ought to want to come here. Not like drudgery, like, okay, let's go to church. You know, like, we want it to be great. We want it to be an incredible experience. It ought to be engaging and life-giving and fun. We really believe church ought to be like that, right? And Next is engaging communication. If we've got something to say, we ought to say it well. We ought to try real hard. We ought to practice and, and put a lot into it and, and really give our excellence to this. This doesn't mean that we, you know, that we're, we're gonna be so critical, but it also means we wanna really do our best. And then finally, to give helpful content. In other words, that we help people to take what is written in this book Scripture, God's Word, the Bible, and how to begin to apply this to real life. We'll say it this way sometimes around Brazos Fellowship. We want to help you to be able to bring your faith, put your faith, and life together. How do those two mesh? How do they come together? Every week, 
In all of our areas, we want to help you to apply, to put into practice God's truth. I'll even end, you've probably noticed this, just about every single message I'll have an application prayer. We're praying, God help us put this into practice. This was not just a religious exercise. We're gonna do this. It's a challenge. It's moving off center. It's, it's moving somewhere. And we do this collectively. We do it all together. It's so incredibly powerful that when we start to serve together, great things happen. Lives change. Kids and students and adults' lives change. And a healthy church, a healthy church body is represented by more than just a head. Like um, our church, I hope that you understand, is more than just a talking head. It's more than just me or whoever's up here talking or the band that's up here singing that it is a collective group of people, hundreds that are working and have made this thing possible every single week. And we want you to consider and prayerfully consider being a part of that. And this morning, I want you to think about this idea of the body of Christ, this analogy, because God used this analogy to inspire the Apostle Paul when he was writing the letter to the church in Corinth in the first century this idea of the church metaphorically being represented by a physical human body, okay? And that the body is not made up of one part. It's made up of many parts. So here's what I'd like to do. I want to point you to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where the Apostle Paul is going to unpack this idea. We're going to start with sort of the end of the sermon first, so you know where he's going. Like, here's the big aha, the big idea that he's building towards. And then we're going to back up and kind of deconstruct that idea and how that impacts us today and how we're to live this out right here at Brazos Fellowship. Okay, so here it is. Here's the end of the sermon first. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. Seven. Here's what Paul says. Now you are the body of Christ. Well, first of all, who's you? Who, who you? Who are you talking about? He's talking about all of those believers, followers of Jesus Christ, Christians, children of God, who are living in Corinth and going to this church. Okay? That's who he's talking to. He says, and each of you. So if you're a follower of Christ, you're Christian today, you're sitting here, you're hearing this, you're at home, you need to understand this is about you. And each one of you is a part of it. Of it what? The body. You're a part of this body. It's made up of all these parts. Now we're going to back up to verse 12. And here's how he begins the whole conversation. He says, just as a body... Though one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Like, if you zero in on any one part of the body, you go, wow, that pinky is really different from the elbow, is different from the ear, is different from the knee, from the big toe, to the eyeball. Like, these, these are really different. Like, you look at them, you go, the function of these things is radically different, Right? They have specific functions that are really different, but that are necessary. They are necessary to all of the other parts. It is only when all the parts work together in a healthy, functional way that the body is optimized, that it can flourish, that it can be at its healthiest point. And this is his point. He's saying, and you, as the body of Christ, those who consider yourself followers of Jesus Christ, 
He would say, every single one of you has a different function, a different set of gifts, a different background, a different story, a different education, a different work experience. You have all these different, and all of that was given on purpose, just like God in his genius put all these parts together to form our bodies, so he has this body. He did not make a mistake. He put every single part here on purpose and that it is only when this body works together and all parts work in unison that we are at our best, that we are at our strongest and our most effective function in this world and for the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say this in verse 13. He says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, even so the body is not made up of one part but of many parts. He's saying this church in Corinth was a diverse church made up of all kinds of people, lots of different backgrounds, races, ethnicities, religious persuasions, you got Gentiles, non-Jews, worshiping with Jews now that have become Christians. And these Gentiles from the Greco-Roman world would have grown up worshiping pagan idols in that Greco-Roman world. And now they're worshiping Jesus and they're doing it together with former Jews. And now you've got people who are slave and free and predominantly slave back then were people who were indentured servants. They got into debt to someone and they are working off the debt that someday they will no longer be slaves. They're working off the debt to the person they're indebted to, and that's how it worked back then. So he said, you got all these people that are going to church together. Probably some people who are working off debt to the other people are all going to church together. And he's saying, but when you come together, you need to never forget, even though you are very diverse and you're coming from lots of different places, you have this one unifying truth that brings you all together, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. That this is the thing that unifies you. Now, if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, well, I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I have not placed my faith in him. I have not asked him to forgive my sins to be the Lord of my life. If that is you, we are so glad you are here. As a matter of fact, we want to thank you for the privilege of being a part of your, your pilgrimage or your, your spiritual growth um, you know, journey of moving towards God. And we want to help you to take that little next step that you need to take. And as a matter of fact, in this service today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If your heart is open and you know it's time to ask Christ into your heart today, but if you're, so if you're not here yet, I want you just to listen to what I'm gonna say to all the Christians right now, okay? So for those of you who are Christians, what Paul is saying to us today is he's saying, there is this overarching, unifying truth of faith in Jesus that he is our Lord that ought to be governing our lives before anything else. And he talks about being baptized into this family, one spirit, this uh, one body, this unifying, he says, this Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and when you place faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence within your life. And from that moment on, that identity that you have as a child of God, a follower of Jesus Christ, it supersedes everything else in the world. It becomes your primary identity. 
under your creator, that you are his creation and you are now living and striving to live in obedience to him. And, and he wants to help you do, he will help you to do it. He will equip you to do that very thing. But that becomes the most important thing, more important than your online profile and likability and how many people are following you, than more than your, 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 your dollar value or the success that you have in this world, more than any of that, all of that is secondary to who you are in him. And this is what he says, we need to begin here to understand that is our unifying point. And then he turns his attention to say, let me share with you what is making this church in Corinth so dysfunctional because they are doing two things that actually are still being done in the church right down to this day. The two most common errors about being a part of the body. This is what he's about to share with us. Now, I want you to see something. This is kind of interesting. That what, G, what, what Paul is about to do in helping us understand our unity in Jesus is he's about to do some comedy, okay? I truly believe this is Paul trying to be funny, okay? It's not gonna be really funny to you and I. That's why I'm telling you it's a joke up front, okay? He's making an important, powerful point, but he's doing it in kind of a funny way. So this is permission to chuckle in church, okay? So what I want to share with you is him giving us the first point, the first place where uh, is a common error in understanding us being a part of the body of Christ. So let's take a look at that together, verse 15 through 16. Here's what he says. He says, now, if the foot should say, okay, now we got a talking foot, okay? I know to you that's not that funny, but in the first century, Corinth, my goodness, if you were standing up in front of a group of people, you would kill with that kind of comedy material, okay? <laughs> now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And then he goes on to say, he says, and if the ear should say, and I'm going to use my ear to say it, okay? Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. Okay, now you're going to remember the sermon maybe forever. I don't know. But he's saying, like, this is funny stuff to the people. They're like, my Paul's making the body parts talk. That's hilarious. This is really funny. He says, this, for that reason, doesn't stop being a part of the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. That's right. Absolutely. We all know that. He says, but we don't realize that when it comes to us plugging into the body of Christ because some of you are sitting out there saying, Will, you're inviting us to be functional members of the body of Christ. Bro, you don't even know me. You don't know my past. You don't know where I've been, what I have done. You think I got something to offer God in the body of Christ? And here's what's happening. We begin to think that you have nothing to offer. Paul is showing us right here, don't be a body part like that. It says, oh, well, because I'm not one of those important parts, one of those important parts that you can see readily like an eye or, you know, you, 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 I, then I'm really not that important. So that is false. Don't talk yourself out of something that God's trying to talk you into. Don't try to use that as an excuse because God has something great. He wants to use your involvement, your, 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 your plugging in and serving in the body of Christ is gonna be the thing that catapults you spiritually and break, creates that breakthrough for you spiritually that maybe you've been waiting for and praying for for years. But all it takes is you going, okay, I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna put my yes on the table. 
I'm committed. I'm going to do this. I want to be a part. He's saying this, this makes all the difference. So here's the first false assumption people make. Now here's the second one. Here's the next one. He talks about it in this next part of the verse. He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, all right, so you got the eye talking to the hand, I don't need you, all right? So the eye telling the hand, I don't need you, I would see the hand saying back to you, let's just talk about that the next time you get something stuck in your eye. You're like, oh, oh, look like an eyelash or something get in there? Too bad you don't have a hand to help you out. You need to put a contact in. You need a, some sunglasses. Good luck, right? Eyeball's not going to do that. Eyeball can't do that by itself, right? It needs the hand. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you, you know? Speaking to the feet. Well, just wait till the next time you're standing outside and a thunderstorm rolls over. You'd really like to go inside, wouldn't you? We're going to stay right here and enjoy this. <laughs> we're just going to, we're not going anywhere. Oh, you got a headache? You need a Motrin? Go get it yourself, right? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to help you out with this. Like, obviously, we need all the parts doing their part. That's important. That's Paul's point. He's saying, don't you ever become so proud of your abilities that you downplay other people's abilities. And that happens far too often still to this day. There are people who have been disqualified from ministry in the last 12 months. Huge personalities, celebrity personalities. I won't name them, but it's easy for us to start to get a big head. We even say it that way, don't we? The big head and everything about their ministry is just known for them and nobody else. And it's so important that we back down off of that. One of the themes that we, we teach our band and myself and other speakers, but when we step onto this stage, this is a privilege and we are humbled to get to be here. It is not because you're awesome, right? It's because you have been given an opportunity to serve the most high God. And don't you ever forget it. That's the way it works. Everybody's important. Everybody's important. And we don't downplay those who have lower profile serving roles. They're all important. I love what Paul says next in verse 22. Here's what he says. On the contrary to those myths and wrong assumptions and conclusions that people have come to in this church of Corinth and so many other churches, he says, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem, they're not actually weaker, but they seem weaker to us. You know why? Because we have adopted a system from the world that we live in that says some people are really important and some people are really not important. And we bring it into the church. And Paul's saying, don't you do that. He goes, sometimes there's people that seem to be weaker, but are, let's say it together, what are they? They are indispensable. Every single one of you who is a follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian, a child of God, you, hear me, you are indispensable to the body of Christ. You are so incredibly important. Even if you're not serving right now, you need to know we need you. We need you. We need every part. We want this body to flourish. And you start chopping off body parts, you can't flourish, right? People learn to walk 
you know, with prosthetics. They learn to function without certain limbs. They would never pick that because it's optimal. No. The body of Christ is the same. We need everybody. We need everybody to step up. Every testimony we have ever heard of people who have gotten baptized up on this stage, it came because of members of the body of Christ doing their part in an indispensable way. Every every person who has ever been invited to this church, ever walked through these doors, they got, got, got parked by a volunteer in our parking lot, it got greeted at the front door, they got invited by members of the body. It's the body of Christ being the body of Christ. That's how you, many of you got invited by somebody who was a, body, a member of the body of Christ. That's how you got through the door. You got invited. And then when you come in and you check your kids in and you drop them off, in the children's ministry, guess who teaches them a Bible story? A member of the body of Christ. That's what changes their life. If you go to a small group, guess who's leading the small group? Guess who's pouring into your life? Guess who's praying for you? It's members of the body of Christ. It's so powerful that every aspect of this ministry is done by the body of Christ. The reason you can see me, you can hear me, or you're watching a broadcast right now, it's because we have members of the body of Christ doing extraordinary things back there in the dark that I can't see and don't know how to do. I couldn't do this. It's all because the body of Christ working together in an indispensable way. It's people who get it. They understand, yes, I can do something. I can be a part. And if we would take our energy, rather than comparing ourselves with one another, saying, I wish I had his gift. I wish I had her gift. I wish I, wish I, wish I. But we take that energy and we focus it on, how could we better work together to accomplish the mission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ of bringing his message, his good news of salvation to the whole world? How much more fun is that? And how much more exciting and wonderful and the advancements of the kingdom and the church could be if we work together in that vein and in that way. And that's what Paul is teaching here. He's saying, this is what I want to help you to do. I love how he goes on in verse 23 and in 25. He says, and the parts that we think, again, this is what we think, and our thinking's wrong sometimes. The parts that we think that are less honorable, we treat with, let's say it together, we treat with special honor. Right, we're going to go out of our way to show special honor to these kinds of people. And he, says, and he shows us why. So that there should be, let's say it together, there should be no division. There should not be strifing and, and, and fighting and us against them within the church. It's how do we work to, together better than ever before in the body but that, is, that its parts should have equal concern for each other. What Paul is trying to do, both in the first century Corinth city and the 21st century right here in the Brazos Valley and across our nation, across our world, he's saying, listen, outside the church, there's all kinds of crazy things that people think. 
There's all kinds of stuff that seems right to them out there. And they will have a us and them mentality. Those people who have that political view and people have this political view. People have this persuasion about race or this persuasion about race. People that have this kind of idea and this kind of idea. And he's saying, don't you dare let that creep into the church. Don't let it influence your ability to love and serve one another as unified children of God under a heavenly father who loves you and has adopted you into his family. That is supersedes everything else in this world. And when you do that, you will begin to shine like stars in the night sky in a world that desperately is looking for the light of God. He'll see it in us and lives will change. God will make sure of it and he has made sure of it from the day we started to now. Over and over, as the body of Christ comes together to serve, it changes people's eternal destiny. I want to share with you just a few incredible examples of people right here in this body that have made an eternal difference by their serving. Let me share with you a couple of, again, this is just a small sampling of people. The first one here is Paul Lopez. And Paul Lopez is a building automation systems technician. And uh, he works in our upstreet ministry. And that is our third through fifth graders in, in our 830 service. And uh, he's been pouring into those kids for over three years. And just an incredible rock star volunteer. Yes. Um, and then, thank you. <laughs> Next, we have Mike and Shelly Schmadalka. And Mike is a Honeywell chemical plant uh, employee in Bryan, and Shelly works for the Brazos County Health Department. But for the last seven years, they've been working in Wombaland. If you're not familiar with Wombaland, that is our toddler area. Some of you may go, Wombaland, is that our ministry? It is. It is an incredible one to toddlers. They also have been leading a small group for over five years, small group of adults here at Brazos Fellowship. Incredible, incredible people. Yes, awesome people. Um, and next we have Chris Sullivan, who's an IT director at a local nonprofit. This is his wife, Kelly, who's a local pediatrician. And they're two sweet little girls here, Chloe and Avery. Um, and I point out Chris to you because for over 10 years, he's been a part of our production team. He's been on the, in our band and now working a light board. So you could see me this morning, partly because Chris, he's been doing this so long for us. The next one is... Um, the next one is Stephen Garza. Stephen, you, many of you probably have seen Stephen. Yeah, he's been drumming. Uh, I, I've joked, uh, I think he came with this drum kit. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, Stephen is a phenomenal, incredible guy. Works for Hotel Solutions. He's been serving with us for over 12 years, drumming for, with our worship band and doing such an incredible job, consistent and just such an incredible work ethic. The next one is uh, Michael Biddlecombe. Um, Michael is actually the young man that was mentioned in the testimony from the mother that I, I shared with earlier at the very beginning of the message. And um, he is an employee at uh, the 12th Man Productions, also an A&M student for the last four years he's been leading a ninth grade small group leader and also youth production coordinator. Yeah, give it up for Michael. Incredible, 
incredible. And another thing that's beautiful about Michael is he actually grew up going to our youth group for four years through high school and now is giving back as he's serving the kids in our church. Um, the next one is Brooke Gungor and her husband, Lewis. And um, Brooke is a project man- manager at a local sign company. And uh, she has been a serving for over seven years in our event staff and our welcome teams on Sunday morning. And now her husband, Lewis, is serving with her. And she also, for five years, has been leading a, w- a women's small group. Give it up for Br- Brooke Congora. <laughs> Incredible woman. And finally, I want to share with you Brian and Nairupa Seya. And uh, Brian is actually just uh, retired from Merit Pharmaceuticals. And Nairupa is the executive director of benefits at Trinet. And they, for over four years, have been serving our greetings and um, our event staff and our hospitality on Sunday morning. Amazing family. I just wanted to share with you just a few of these incredible stories. Now, the question you might be sitting there asking is, why do these people do this? Do they not have lives? Do they not have anything else going on on the weekend? Are their kids not in any extracurricular sports or anything like that? Oh, I know. Maybe they just feel real bad for some past sins and they're trying to work that off, right? No, none of that. Let me, let me give you the answer. They have discovered meaning in serving God. They have found meaning that God is using them to make a difference in other people's lives. They have made their life a means to an end that is eternal, that God is using. And you, if you were to ask them why you do it, they would say, we enjoy it. We look forward to it because we do see that it is changing people's lives when we serve. It's incredible. And I want to just say to you right now that... Um, If you are here on the floor, you're watching this online, or if you're in the balcony, whether you realize it or not, the selfless serving of these volunteers has bettered your life if you've been a part of this church. And here's what I want to do right now. If you are here and you are a volunteer in any capacity at Brazos Fellowship, would you just stand to your feet for just a moment, right where you you are, if you would just stand to your feet, all right? We'll just put our hands together and give some special honor, love. Woo! Stephen right there. God bless you, bro. Thank you guys so much. And I just want you to know that I want you to pray about if you have not stepped up and started to find your place in this body, next Sunday, we're gonna kick off a little campaign that we're calling Find Your Place. Like we're trying to make it really straightforward. We're gonna make it as easy as possible. We want you to be able to find your place, how to serve, how to get on the team and how to be a part of making a difference right here at Brazos Fellowship. We're gonna have cards in the seats. We're gonna have ministry leaders out in our atrium next weekend answering questions, have information you can take, take home. No pressure, pray about it, think about it. Um, we're gonna have uh, an opportunity to respond right there on your phone. If you could do a little survey, let us know and we can start getting you information. If you just wanna be real noncommittal, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I just wanna invite you to start praying about it right now, this week, whether you're a single person, you're a college student, you're a young professional, you're a young couple, you're a young married couple, you're a, a young family, whatever that is looks like for you, life looks like for you, would you just begin praying today for next Sunday? God, where do you want us to plug in? How do you want us to step up? What does that need to look like? 
Because I bet you part, of you, part of those of you who are clapping here, everybody who showed appreciation, when we appreciate, we need to participate, right? I'm just asking you to say, go beyond just appreciation. Join the team. Be a part of what we're doing. Join us. God will bless you if you do. It's incredible to see how people's lives change by that one simple step and following through with a commitment. So here's what I'd like to do. We're gonna end with our application prayer. And in this prayer, I'm asking you, some of you need to do this. You've never made a commitment to the Lord. You've never become a child of God. And today you could do that, to ask Christ to forgive sins. You're trusting that when he died on the cross, he was dying for the sins of all people. And you're asking for him to apply that forgiveness to your heart. And you're surrendering to him as the Lord and leader of your life. I'm gonna follow you. This now is my identity. Your Holy Spirit is in my life and I'm gonna follow you as my Lord. This is what he's called us to do. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.